0: five four three two one
1: come on shake your body baby do that conga no you can't control yourself any longer feel the rhythm of the music getting stronger no you can't control yourself any longer Beat. (laughs) good
0: job you have had a little wine
1: yeah a little uh, just a glass of vino makes it all better Welcome to Creative Moonlighting, episode number... Five. 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 And today's episode is going to be focused uh, on confidence and identity.
0: You chose this one, so you're going to have to introduce the topic...
1: I did choose this one. I was thinking about um, the previous episodes. So we've explored balance. We've explored um, generating ideas, how to get started, um, how to think creatively. And now I thought once you're in it, or actually, I guess at any point, how do you establish what your identity is as a creative?
0: And be confident about that? Yes. Okay.
1: And I think this is relative to just existing. What? <laughs> Confidence and oh, you, identity. Oh, you,
0: you mean not just being a like a, a creator of any kind. Yeah, I just think you have to figure living everybody, in this
1: world, being a human that walks around. You have to figure out that's a problem. Your everybody's going to have
0: to solve. Correct.
1: Yeah. yeah. So I thought. Um. I know from your perspective, you're gonna you're gonna take it to your identity. As a creative,
0: well, uh, maybe I I okay. have I, I don't have I I didn't prepare as much like I had a lot of stuff for the last one mm-hmm. just because I write stuff down on that kind of thing all the time. This one I don't have a ton written down. I just I've had some thoughts about it, and I think it's a double edged sword as well. But we so, can talk about that in a minute.
1: Yeah, so I don't have anything formal. I just thought that that was an intriguing topic to explore and so i guess maybe we can start with um well
0: let's talk about your job and what i've noticed with with you in general can we do that maybe because i do i I don't know maybe this came from where i'm about to take it or maybe it didn't but i think it's relatable okay um uh when what year did you start working at the
1: four years ago four years 16 2016. okay Mm -hmm.
0: I noticed, and we've been married 17 years. Shabrine.
1: Not reference work. Like, we could have just said, you work at a place. You know what I mean?
0: Why? Are they going to be... I don't know. Are they going to shun you for, for having no, a podcast?
1: No, but anyways. Okay, so go ahead.
0: So, uh, four years ago, you start working at your job, mm-hmm. and you had a couple of experiences that kind of drove you into the ground right out of the oh, gates, yeah. right? Yes. Um, but we've been, you know, we've been married 17 years. We've known each other since we were 12. We mm-hmm. met in seventh grade. Um,
1: 22 years.
0: All the years that I've known you, I've seen, we you You know, when you're with somebody that long, you see all the changes, you know, in that person and the things that they, they go through and their evolution. Right. Right. Well, there was a big thing that happened when you started working at your, Job, um, I think because it's such a it requires such a special ability to teach teachers um, to stand in front of a room full of teachers who are already by nature kind of judgmental, and they also by nature want to be the one that runs the show. I mean, there's a bunch of alphas that you're in front of for the most part. Well, that's um, just
1: part of survival.
0: Yeah, but. So, I think you had a couple of crash and burn incidents, or at least one that I can remember.
1: Okay. So, this is a great, what you're talking about uh, is probably going to somehow fall into my top three. But you, your identity or your character, you know, you've probably heard this many times, is a result of you learning from your mistakes. Okay. I mean, I think that. Yeah, you're right. I think you can say your award you could be proud of your awards, but they're not the thing that define you. They're they're not the thing that have made you. What actually defined you was fine and you rhetorically, I'm just saying that, but uh being able to overcome defeat or failure is the thing that allows you to find um skills or or uh, I don't know what the word is, right? But I'm just saying overcoming failure is actually the thing that builds your character.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: So, and it can sometimes that leads to your identity.
0: Well, so what I noticed with you is that is that it forced you because this was kind of a new skill. It's not that you weren't working with teachers already when you got into this job. It's just that this is a new level of it because you're going all over the country all over the world trying to you're actually in now different cultures it's not like you're you know just in central texas where you know what kind of people the central texans are uh or texans in general you're now going to places back east you know where the mentality is slightly different or the the you know i don't know whatever social conduct standards whatever uh
1: one of the projects just to give it reference um we did professional development for military schools, and yeah. so it required me to travel across, uh, travel overseas, and I went to Asia and I went to Europe, um, among other places, to work with teachers there. And so that's what you're talking about. right? Yeah,
0: it is. Okay. But it, and I and I I've already referenced that there was a, an incident on one of them where you just had a really bad feeling. There were afterward. many incidents. Well, I, did, I, I I'm thinking of one in particular in Baltimore. Yeah. And so, um, but it kind of crushed your confidence. I remember mm-hmm. you coming back. You actually, you cried about it. Oh yeah. Um, Completely. And, but since then, flash forward four years later and you're like in the realm of what you do and, and this has trickled now into every other part of your personal life. You've become like this extremely confident human being. Not to say that you weren't that. You were always that when I met you. You've had some runs in our marriage where you, that dipped and hit a hit a valley um and then you came out of it and whatever and i and the same's happened for me too for different reasons but um it's just it's interesting to see because once your confidence is soaring as yours has kind of been for a while um things go great for a good long while and it just always in my line of interest or work you know in the creative world um that that actually is a double-edged sword Confidence mm-hmm. is great to an extent.
1: Yeah, to cockiness. Like you don't want. There is a difference between confidence and cockiness. You can still be confident and humble. Well, and at, I know well, humble is a big word to you.
0: Well, well, yeah, it is. And I, I was not even referencing that. Although I'm, I no. think I'm glad you said it. But, but what I was going to say is, in you know, in the creative world, um, being too sure uh, or too too certain. It hinders you because it, you said last episode something about, um, if you are, if you, if your mind is kind of closed off, it was something along the lines of your mind's closed off, you end up, you know, you sort of, you're not going to be able to take in much. You're going to kind of, and I, I said that if you have a fixed belief on something, you're going to miss anything that doesn't fit into that fixed part. And this kind of plays a role with confidence as well. Like as an actor, I'm just going to use this as an example to make it, you know, um, more accessible. But as an actor, some people would think, well, actors need to be confident. Well, depending on the role, yes. If the role you're playing is to be the leading character and that you are a confident character, then great. Your confidence can be used toward that. But if, on the other hand, you hit these valleys in in, in terms of the story or whatever, then your confidence actually works against you. Because now you, the actor may not be, or you may be confident, but when you walk into that role and you walk into that, onto that set and into that scene, now you're having to pretend not to be confident, which is very difficult to be. Uh, Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Does that have some, okay?
1: Yeah, I'm thinking Because there's some
0: acting going on in your job too, you know, but in a way for you, when you do professional development, your confidence almost always works for you.
1: Yes, and I will go back to the instance that you're talking about, which was a very pivotal point in my identity mm-hmm. in this current role that I'm in, like as a, just as a as a person, but also at, in my work that I do. And I'm going to say exactly what you were just talking about. I um, approached this particular. Um, meeting that was occurring. I was in Baltimore and I approached it with the confidence that I had approached the previous, uh, all the other meetings that I had been in. And you are totally right. It went completely against me. Like I went over and I would just walk right up to somebody and say, hello, you know, with no regard. I didn't assess the room.
0: Yeah. Right. Right.
1: So I don't know how that falls into this, but I think, well, you know, any successful a- business person probably is well aware of, I don't know if there's like rules or trainings or whatever, but you probably are somewhere trained to walk into a room and just assess it. Yeah. Without jumping, without saying anything like it. I don't know what kind before of training you go, there before are. Before you it, go
0: jumping right into things. Yeah. Now, now our friend Alex has a hilarious, he's, a, you know, stop my co-writer. Stock. Uh, he has a hilarious story. We got to have him on to talk about this at one point because he works with his dad mm-hmm. and they had, I'll just paraphrase it, but his dad is extremely confident. Um, they had just kind of been out all night or whatever and, and uh, they had a big meeting the next day and, you know, dad's been at it forever. So he's not really worried about anything. They had done this thing where they had to pass around the microphone. That's right. And they had to do a prep for like a solution to some problem that was presented up front. Right. And his dad's not even there yet. He hasn't heard any of their prep, but as he walks in the room, the mic is getting passed to their table and he walks up and just goes, give me that thing. And he takes the mic, mm-hmm. says what he has to say, which is not at all on topic, but he says it so confidently. And of course, you know, anybody who knows Alex's dad, Mandy, knows that this did not phase him at all. He realized he was, you know, he he was out of place or whatever. And he just goes, cool, I'm out of here. And he just took off. But you know, that could kill a, a person's confidence in any other situation, but you know, longevity is a big thing. And in his case, he's been at it forever. So who cares? But, but if that happened to me and I walked in and was brash about that and it, and crashed and burned, I I would be very gun shy. And my confidence would be shot, you know?
1: Well, I think you hit on something that um, I had written down uh, while you were talking was age and experience does play a factor in it. Yeah. It just it yeah. just is inevitable that that is going to be a part of your identity because if you go back and you look at yourself as an actor in your early 20s to your to yourself as an actor in your mid 30s to yourself as an actor in your early 40s Hey, easy
0: now. I'm not even 40 yet. I <laughs> will uh, we'll be 40 in August. So uh,
1: you could look at different places In your career, and think about the identity you held at that moment, and I think every identity you have is really important. Yeah, um, because it it's a part of your story, right? And so I can say for me at this point in time, age, life events, being comfortable, finding um, hobbies or finding interests that uh, build me up in my confidence and my identity are important factors to like where I am.
0: Yeah, it reminds me of there's a, you know, uh, one of my favorite filmmakers and obviously probably one of many people's favorite filmmakers, Francis Ford Coppola. Mm -hmm. Um, He did, he had a very like unique way of, a very Francis Ford Coppola way of doing things. And he was handling these massive budget movies with massive actors, Godfather, Apocalypse Now and these movies that are now iconic, right? And he was given a talk because they had given him a, a Lifetime Achievement Award. And during that speech, he, re- he re- recalled being nearly fired on The Godfather, being fired a couple of different times on some other pictures that he was I- involved with, and nearly uh, breaking the, the producer bank with Apocalypse Now. And he said none of those movies were, maybe Godfather was, but Apocalypse Now wasn't particularly well-received when it first came out. It is now a classic years and years later. But what his comment was, was he said, you know, you have, and he was talking about identity. He said, once you find your identity, you do need to stick to it, even if it's painful. It'll kill your confidence whenever people, and they'll make you want to change. But he said, the things that they fire you for when you're young will be the things they give you lifetime achievements for when you're old. Yeah. And it's crazy.
1: Well, and it's so great to talk to, that's why we love talking to our grandparents or why we love talking to people that have more experience than us, that are older than us, because they look back at us and they look at where we are in life and they think about where they were in life and they compare it to where they are now and they go, man, you got it good. You know they always yeah. want to tell us how good we have it when we're sitting in our skin and we're going. This doesn't seem very good. Yeah, and
0: remember <laughs> Nanny would say she'd say, "Oh, you, oh, you two just living foot loose and fancy free." Yeah, you know, yeah. That was her big. She and that would be times when I, when we would be complaining about something yeah. to her. So she's like, "What are you complaining about?" And we're about, always kid? complaining about, you things, know. You know? Um, so it, it, and that is it, it's it's a big thing with with the idea of of holding on to your identity to a, and and staying true to that. Once you find it, I mean, it's hard to find it, but once you find it, I think it is really important to stay on it because that that's what beca- makes you age, you know, in in a way that's graceful, I think. And I'm
1: going to speak specifically to being a woman that is about to be 40 years old. That is different from when I was a woman that I when I was 20 years old. So, I've always been I will say very confident. My parents, I thought back to it and I, I had this great childhood growing up in that I never thought there was anything I couldn't do because my parents were so supportive. I know not everybody has that, but that was my experience, right? And then I ran into like a brick wall when I was in our early 20s. We moved to Los Angeles. We were just completely in a new territory and that threw me for a loop for a long time because I didn't have like a safety net. I didn't have um, the footing that I always had in our hometown and with our family and I had to figure it out.
0: Well, and I had been so not confident for the most part of the time we were there because I couldn't get a job. Mm -hmm. And then when I finally got a job, then I became so over the moon confident, which was not the right way to handle it either because I was, I was young and I became sort of drunk with this love for the the, the job that I was doing. And, and the
1: emotions you felt from that, from the high, you the energy on. of that. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm.
0: And, and that I, that I, I don't know. The whole thing is just, you know, it's, just, it's, it's one of those bittersweet mm-hmm. times.
1: It's one of those definitely where there's many instances where I go, <sighs> yeah, you know it makes me shudder for yeah. a second, but then what, I what know. Are the, what do
0: the kids say now? Oh, so cringe. Right? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't. Know. But, <laughs> I always try to. I try to bring in, you yeah. know, new age lingo. And yeah, it usually doesn't work right. Yeah,
1: it, it sounds pretty funny when you say that. But um, <laughs> uh, yeah, and then you get older, and you finally get to a place where you say, "Ah, like I'm tired of trying to be." what everybody wants me to be or to fit into what i think everybody thinks is cool or smart or successful or beautiful or whatever and you just kind of settle in finally and i think that happens around this age i think r- when you get to 40 you realize you're not young you're not young anymore yeah uh, but you're young enough to still feel good and do things yeah. and you know
0: You don't Um, feel 40. I can say that. Like if somebody told me, you know, at 40, I would feel like like I would have had an idea of what that felt like. And it doesn't feel like this. I feel I feel young and well, not always, but for the most part, I don't feel what I what I imagined, you know? Yeah. Which I guess is also fortunate, but.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that's that's just uh, contributing towards. I guess, where I see myself, where, where I could describe my identity. Yeah. Um,
0: uh, can we link this back somehow to to the root of the podcast and the creative moonlighting thing? Um, where do you think, and this is a tough one for me, I, I really don't have an answer because I gave you what I I thought to be a double-edged sword, and it was from an actor's perspective, which is what I identify with most.
1: Okay.
0: Usually confidence I think is a really good thing, but I also think it can be a slippery slope because it it can hit a point where you're confident in I know this. And once you think you know it, well then now just like we said in the last episode, you're now no longer taking in new data. Because why do you need to if you know it? Like it's like it's like if I say to you, what's two plus two? And you go, well, it's four. No. Well, I don't need to convince you of anything else anymore. I can't sell you on anything other than that because it's a fact. Two plus two is a, is four. But with this particular round, I'm not
1: saying, I will tell you that I don't define confidence as you're the expert. I define confidence as you're secure in the, in you're honest. Yeah. You're honest and you're secure with your strengths and your weaknesses. Yeah, but what I'm
0: saying is that, I'm saying it, I've I've thought of it as kind of being a slippery slope because it can go from what you think of it as to being comfortable in your own skin, et cetera, et cetera. It can be what... Go ahead and sneeze. Bless you. Excuse me. Um, it, it can be what you think of it as, but it can also, if you're not keeping it in check, use the word humble earlier. If you're not keeping that in check, then it can go from what you described it as to being sort of like... Uh, self-righteous, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah. Well, self-righteous and confident aren't synonymous in my book. Okay. Yeah, I'm keeping those completely separate. Okay. So you would. And I actually think if you get to the point where you're self-righteous, then.
0: Yeah. So so it's almost sh- like it happens on a spectrum. Like on, on, on if you're on one end of the spectrum, you are what's the opposite of confident? Insecure. Insecure. You're totally insecure on this end of the spectrum. On this end of the spectrum, you're self-righteous. But a balanced middle is confident. Is that what you're saying?
1: I just, I didn't, I don't think self-righteous should be on the spectrum of confident.
0: I'm just saying confidence turned wrong, like turned bad. Like uh, unbridled certainty kind of thing. Okay. Okay. Do you, does that not, that doesn't no, register? I mean, you really yeah, have a confused look. So it doesn't no, look like it registered.
1: I, I just don't. I wasn't, when I said, let's talk about confidence and identity, you, you didn't
0: think there was going to be any, like, let's talk about the bad side of it.
1: No, I think it's good to talk about the bad side. I just really, when I'm thinking of it in terms of being confident, I, I think it's good to acknowledge what it's not. So I'm going to, I'm going to say, I don't think when I say what is your identity as an artist or as a human or uh, I don't, I'm not saying what leads you to be self-righteous. So
0: I'm going to go, this is going to be one of those, like, what do they call it? A triggering thought. Okay. Is Donald Trump competent?
1: You wanted to go political? No,
0: I'm not trying to go political. I'm trying to make a, 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 a... uh, an, an example of the point I was trying to make because I think he's gone self righteous. I, I think it started say... confident and he slipped off the side, the, the wrong side of confidence. And I think confidence is at the top of the bell curve. On the left side of the bottom of the bell curve, you have insecurity. At the top of the bell curve, you have confidence. And the right side of the bottom, you have self righteousness.
1: Well, honestly, I think when people appear self righteous, it's actually because they're insecure.
0: Oh well, that is. I've seen that. Not
1: confident, so the way that they make up for it is by acting self-right. So confident that they appear self-righteous.
0: So he might not be confident.
1: Well, the reason why he acts that way is because people criticize him. Okay. You know, uh, like uh, but uh, he's just uh, an example is when he's interviewed by people and then he ends up. saying something really rude to a news reporter yeah, like, like oh that's fake news or whatever. So it is.
0: maybe he's confident but he has another quality which is he just has it in him to be a, a like a jerk. He yeah, has that I mean, in him. and
1: then there's that too. Um, but.
0: and so I mean you we all know people who are confident but are also jerks, you know. Yeah. That doesn't necessarily mean they're self-righteous. I guess, so yeah, I guess th- th- we're 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 hitting around the same thing. I was just trying to think of the topic that you brought up from from a, a different angle in the sense that it because it, it's not always been the best to me. Like the times I felt the most confident were usually the times where I would slip and stumble and be put back in my place kind of thing.
1: Mhm. I'm sitting here thinking about what you're saying. But I think this might be a good place to transition to our top three yeah we're, do you have top three ready to go
0: uh have you formulated go, them? no you go first
1: okay i've formulated two concrete ideas we'll see where the third comes okay from.
0: well i gave six last time so technically i don't have to give any this time right
1: yeah, yeah technically no okay so um my top three in relation to confidence and identity and we've spent this episode talking a lot about Kind of just that in general, confidence and identity in general, not necessarily as a creative, but I think it's okay because I just think that it's in relation to being existing.
0: Well, and we've said before, being a creative is a lot of different things. You're Mm -hmm. one of those people. You say you're not, but you are. Your job, by definition, you got to be as creative as anyone to stand in a room and try to teach to people who teach. Mm -hmm. It's the hardest thing I can think of.
1: I think uh, another part that we didn't talk about was when you're married to a creative, you somehow have to figure out how to be a creative in your own right just to balance them out. So
0: you don't get overrun by their their nonsense, you know? Yeah,
1: yeah. Okay, so my first um, of my top three is learn from failure. We talked about that quite a bit. Yeah. When you are forming your identity, most people would think about your successes. From the outside, they would say, man, that person went to MIT or that person is a really successful filmmaker that has won so many different awards. But what I always love about when somebody receives an award, especially if we go back to like the Lifetime Achievement Awards or they always talk about how many no's or how many Failures they had to get them there. So I think it is easier said than done. Learning from failure is freaking hard.
0: Yeah. Well, because you don't, it's like watching game tape when you know you lost. You got to go back and watch that. Shit all oh, over again. Yeah, and, it's yeah.
1: horrible. But it is the thing that can lead you to build confidence. You actually, at the same time, when you're trying to learn from failure, you also notice the things you're good at. Or you kind of just ignore certain things because you're like, well, that went well and this went terribly wrong. Yeah. You know? So I think number one, learn from failure. I will offer um a great book that I read about. This is, um, and as educators know this, but Carol Dweck writes great books about mindsets. And she talks about fixed versus growth mindsets and how um, oftentimes uh, people have fixed mindsets because they base everything on ability and not on effort. And so I would highly recommend if you haven't read any of her books or watched any of her TED Talks, Carol Dweck Mindsets really good about thinking about failure and the way that you learn from it second one um think and i'm gonna pull this directly from we have uh we spend a lot of time at um at the office that i work at um helping kids learn about effective effort like what what did they do? What effort did they put forward that actually was effective in helping them succeed? Yeah, And that's connected to the first part, learning from failure, right? So I'm going to summarize that a little better. Think about what you did specifically. What actions did you take to overcome challenges, right? And how does that contribute to your identity? So think about Gosh, I I still think about this video that I saw of you of Matthew when he you were in fifth grade, sixth grade, sixth grade playing little dribblers in Basketball. our home t- in our hometown in Flower Bluff. Little dribblers is like a rite of passage, and you play in a league, and he
0: Noel Westercom shout out Noel Westercom yeah uh, he peace. lost
1: the championship game right yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry to bring up mm-hmm. painful memories.
0: To good friends, to, to people who are now good friends in older yeah. Jeremy Tomshay, Patrick Green. Yeah. Uh, um, Steve Flores. They and were so
1: what I know though was you spent hours after, right, like practicing your free throws. Went straight or layups home and was playing. Or whatever it was. And so um I I'm sure that that led to success later, right? You you practiced harder and longer and better and more disciplined than you did prior to that. And so I think the second thing about confidence and identity is thinking specifically about actions that you took and using that and applying it to future things. Yeah. Right?
0: Yeah. Uh, Is that your, was that that you? That was
1: just my second one. My first one was learning from failure. My second one was think specifically about your actions. Oh,
0: the book didn't count.
1: No, the book was just at it connected. I think my third thing, and this is coming from where I am in life now, is find things that nurture your soul. Yeah. Uh, um, For me, I, I talk about this a lot. I love yoga. I love that it's called your practicing. I remember I grew up playing tennis, and I loved practicing. I hated playing matches. Yeah. I don't know if it was just the well, added pressure or what it was. I hated it, but I loved practicing. And in yoga, that's what they just say. It's your practice.
0: Well, you're not going to end up in a yoga match, you know. So no, you're not. <laughs> I
1: No, I don't think yogis want to match up against each other. But I think about when you are thinking about your identity, think about the things that nurture your soul. And that is also people. That's people, that's habits, that's um, how you choose to spend your time. um, And that leads to confidence. So those are my top three.
0: Yeah, I guess. I And I'm going to count a book. You said a book, so I'm going to say a Mm -hmm. book. Um, Made me think of one. I'm going to count this as one of mine also. Okay. For creatives, the war... Of art by Stephen Pressfield, the War of Art, sort of like the Art of War reversed. Yeah. Um, just pick it up if you haven't read it; it's a must-read for anybody who wants to be creative. Okay, um,
1: to help form their identity,
0: to help get them off their ass, I think is really the big thing. It's it's to it's to to, to do. Okay, to get, to form in the habit of waking up and doing and treating it like you already do it professionally, even though you don't think you do because you aren't making the money on it yet.
1: Okay. And yeah, I might have to contribute to your top three, but it took a long time for both of us as a couple. It's still hard for me today. To say out loud, my husband, Matthew, he's a filmmaker because what you want to say is what you get paid to do. Yeah, right. And so, yeah, you are a teacher, but you are a filmmaker and an actor. And until you treat that as part of your identity, whether you're getting paid full time to do it or not, then when does it really become your identity?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think I'm going to limit my, my, I don't have two really great things to say. I got one that I think is important. Okay. Um, if, and this goes back to, you know, an, an older saying that i had heard before, which is, you know, hang out with the people that that do the things that or that have the mindset that you wanna have or that do the things that you wanna do. Um, If you want to in this, I mean, I feel like this came from like Rocky probably for me, you know? Uh, But if you wanna have, you know, you wanna turn into a yo-yo, have yo-yo friends. You wanna turn into a businessman, have business friends. You wanna turn into an actor, have actor friends, you know? Uh, and so I feel like if you hang out with people who are-
1: As ambitious as, as you As ambitious want to be.
0: and mm-hmm. and people who, and honestly, if you're creative, it's, it's kind of a, it's a little bit of a gimmick to say this this way, but if you can find people who are just a hair more creative than you, <laughs> then they don't, when you hang out with them, they don't make you feel like it's impossible, but they push you. Mm -hmm. It's like they don't make you see that they have something you'll never achieve, but they have a way of inspiring the shit out of you because they just are doing such cool things, you know? And so that's that that's a bit a big thing for me.
1: It's kind of like that saying of uh, if you want to be a millionaire, hang out with millionaires that, or something that's, like that.
0: that. Yeah, no, it does, it does, and and you know, and I didn't mention that one because that that's not per se my goal, but it does. I think it works that way. Mm-hmm. I think it does. Whatever you want to, uh, whatever you aspire to be, you need to find that tribe of people. That's a whole other episode, but yep. yeah,
1: Yeah. So all right, all right. well, um, uh, that was a kind of a bird walk about confidence and identity, but I think we we left some ideas on the table for people to think well, about. oh yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, all right, you guys. Well, thanks for tuning in and listening to episode five and um, go out and do something to build your confidence there, right? Yeah, exactly. All right, take care, be safe, be well, make good choices until next time.
0: Until next time, drink a lot of water, stay off your feet. Come when you can we're drinking some vino <laughs>